Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we continue this journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode 10. Oh my gosh, double digits. Here we go. It's pretty exciting. For today's episode, I'd like to do a little bit of a reflection. We've had nine episodes leading up to this one, and I don't know about you, but when I'm reading a book or other things like that, I love it when they do a little recap, a little synthesis, a little overview. So we're going to spend some time doing that. I also want to give you all a few little announcements. So that's number two. Number three is I'd love to share uh, some of the feedback I've gotten so far from the podcast because it's so exciting to realize that people are listening to this and, and getting insights and value. And I'm so eager for this to grow even more, even though there is a part of me that is very private and just wants to keep all of this to myself. I do feel so purposeful and so inspired when I hear about how this podcast is positively impacting the lives of others. And that's really fulfilling. And that's really part of the the vision and goal and mission for creating this and showing up each week to do this. So that'll be part three. And who knows, maybe I'll throw in a few other things. So let's dive in. There have been nine episodes so far. We've covered so many different things and I've asked so many questions of myself and of you all as the listeners. And the question I'm holding today is what have I learned so far? Here we are 10 weeks into this podcast and 10 weeks into this journey. And I guess, gosh, you know, so much of this podcast is based on, um, how I journal with myself and kind of just the ways that I will try things out and then reflect and check in and then try more out and then reflect again. And so I think it feels like a very natural and organic rhythm to be a certain you know, number of episodes in, a certain number of weeks in, and to do a little check-in. How are we doing? What have we learned so far? And honestly, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what I learn as I reflect on everything that's happened so far and kind of synthesize it for you all. I think that, I don't know, I'm available for insights. I don't feel any pressure or any need, but I'm available. (laughs) So I've asked lots of questions and I'm asking this question today of what have I learned so far? I will say just top of mind, some of some of my notes that I have here. I'm very aware, (laughs) this feels like such a self-reflecting type thing. I'm very aware of the coach mode that I have, that I find myself going into rather organically when I'm on the microphone, when I'm podcasting to you all. I I really notice how I go into this mode that I I call coach mode, um, which is the space of you know, it's warm, it's encouraging, but there's a lot of education. There's a lot of teaching and a lot of introducing you to new ideas and giving examples and saying, and, and looping it back and making it connect to the audience, connect to, you know, my client or connect to you, my listener. And it's, I, I don't know why I feel self-conscious about that because it's a great skill to have. And I, I've consciously cultivated that uh, for a long time. And, but there's also just a way it's like, oh, right. Like that's, that's this whole aspect of me that can really come out. And 
I definitely think it has a place. And I guess perhaps why I feel surprised by that is it wasn't necessarily a conscious choice to be Coach Michaela <laughs> on this podcast. Part of what I like about this space of the podcast is that it feels like a wonderful meeting place for the coach part of myself as well as just the human part of myself. And um, I really like to position myself not as an expert when it comes to self-love or, or love signals or any of that, but more as um, the the leader of the investigation, so to speak. It's like, I, I want to be a hub for this line of inquiry and I want to bring lots of voices in to share their insights and share their ideas about love signals, about self-love, about practical self-care, all of that. And, um, and so that feels like such a curious and, um, kind of innocent position to be in. And I also realized like, oh, right, but there is a curious innocence that I bring to coaching because the way I work with people, the way I like to work with people and the way I like to be worked with is from a place of really open, really curious spaciousness. I, I don't like to work with coaches who have an idea for me and, and basically want to put their ideas and their opinions on me. When I am in a coaching space with somebody, <clears throat> whether I'm receiving coaching or giving coaching, I want it to be a space of, of exploration and curiosity. And when I'm working with a client, my goal is really to unveil what's most valuable to them in this moment and knowing that that might change in the next week or the next day, but understanding what's most pertinent, what's most potent, what's most important in this moment and to use that thread and to follow that thread continuously. So it's, it's a very open, a very curious, a very investigate, investigative, investigative. Sure. We'll go with that <laughs> process. And so I realize I, I guess I have that here too. So as I say all that now, <laughs> revelation number one, ding. <laughs> I realize how being in that, like I realize the complementary qualities that come from podcasting and come from coaching. And I'm getting insights into how being in that education space seems really valuable in this podcasting lens, especially with all these solo episodes. I, it'll be different ones. I have guests on and all of that, which is in the future. I see it. I see it on the horizon. <laughs> um, but I'm also realizing how much these, this kind of curious investigative perspective that I associate more, at least consciously with podcasting is totally present in coaching. And I really value that. So it's, that feels cool to name. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is that I really feel like the core idea of love signals, this idea that love is sending messages and signals. Signals, uh, it's such a great word because it's so broad. It's not just messages through words or sound. It's all types of communications being sent. And so this idea that love is sending signals to us in all these different ways and using us as a signaling device for others, for the world, that core idea feels so magical to me. And I feel like that's where so much of the juice is. And I absolutely love so many topics and so many self-development things. 
And I really want to make sure that we don't deviate too far from this core inquiry of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. I really want to come back to that again and again. And so I, as I was reflecting on the past nine episodes, I really realized like, oh, I really want to make sure I keep coming back to that because that's where so much magic exists. And that's really the juice of what I got from that year long daily love letter project. And part two of that is I feel like there's once again, so much magic in the core idea of that year long project of a daily love letter to myself. And I also want to spend more time with that. I know I've been sharing letters with you all. Um, and I think there's such, um, that's such a lovely thing. It feels, um, vulnerable and also really compelling. And I hope it's inspiring. It seems to be from the people I've heard from. And I also want to spend more time reflecting on that process, reflecting on the qualities of that. I know in my early episodes, I talked a lot about how there was such power in the daily act of doing something where I was consciously choosing to connect with love and shine it on myself and, and like open up to love and open up to other sources of love and open up to loving life more. It, it became a very um, fluid kind of open pathway and showing up for that, choosing to show up for that consistently every day I missed you know a handful of days but then I'd make up for it <laughs> um and I'm going to read you one of my makeup love letters today that'll be fun but showing up every day choosing to show up there's something profound about that consistency and the momentum that came from that and the way that it was incremental it was these just all these little moments and it built to something that became so far beyond the sum of its parts. And that's something I want to come back to again and again and reflect on more, partly because I'm still trying to understand it. It feels like it was so profound in ways that I, I understand or know and ways that I can't fully name. And so I want to spend more time on that too, as we move forward. Um, I also, have noticed that I really love talking about books and oh my gosh, you guys, I am so into books. <laughs> I feel like recently I, I've just realized how much I love books. And I, when I moved from Colorado to California, um, right at the beginning of 2021, I let go of a lot of books. It felt like a nice way to eh, make a little money to help with the move. Um, but man, I kind of wish I had held on to more books than I than I did. I love all the books I have. I, it was a good it was a good process, and I used Marie Kondo's um, Spark Joy, you know, the magic of tidying up process. And you know, I trust it. I, ultimately, I really trust it. And um, meanwhile, I'm really enjoying kind of re um, reconfiguring my library and choosing the books I want to have in my life now. And I'm also really enjoying reading. And so I, I do think that books, self-development books in particular, are always going to be part of this podcast because I love books and I love talking about books with you all. So, and there's, there's more exciting things to share about books, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep that maybe to the end of the podcast or maybe to the next podcast. There's some fun announcements on, on the book front. Um, 
And oh yeah, and I guess there's this theme too that I know I haven't explicitly named that I wanted to share that I actually think I made like a, as like a new year's resolution or gosh, that feels like not the accurate way to describe it. It was more of a, a theme, a theme and a, and a focus, a focal point for a year. I think it might've been for 2021. It's possible it was for another year. The theme was aliveness. I wanted to focus all my efforts, all, all of the things that I chose to do for self-care, for uh, self-development, for my eating choices, my movement choices, my sleep choices, the choices I made when it came to how I spent my time socially. I wanted it all to be about what makes me feel the most alive, what supports me being the most alive. And I realize that that theme still exists in my day-to-day life as a value, basically, that I value aliveness. I value choosing things for myself that help me feel the most alive. And so, of course, if that's such a core value, it's showing up in this podcast. And I, I see that. I see it as kind of a maybe a more hidden thread, or maybe it's um, part of the tapestry that just holds it all together. Uh, but I, I see that in this podcast and in this idea of love signals because love to me is a form of aliveness and the way that love creates and can, and just like, it just feels deeply intertwined. Maybe I don't have words for it exactly in this moment, but I think as I was writing all those love letters that year, part of what I loved about myself, part of what I appreciated about myself and even emphasized was, oh my gosh, Michaela, you're so alive. I love how alive you are. I love how engaged you are with life and with appreciating each moment. That became such an emphasis. And it's interesting because I'd appreciate that about myself, you know, my aliveness, my presence. And then I found myself more inclined to be alive, more inclined to be present. And it became a very uh, virtuous cycle. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. There's a more common phrase, vicious cycle, which is where, you know, one thing leads to another thing, which kind of takes you in this downward spiral, right? And there's the opposite of that is an upward spiral or a virtuous cycle where one thing leads to another positive thing leads to another positive thing. So many people talk about how exercise often is a great way to start a virtuous cycle because when you exercise, it releases endorphins and you feel better and you sleep deeper at night. So you're getting better sleep and then you feel better and happier and it's easier to make even healthier food decisions. It's easier to um, feel more calm and present with the people you love. So then you're feeling more satisfied in your relationships and it just is virtuous, right? You have more energy to follow your creative pursuits, I'm spinning my hand around in a spiral going up, 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 up. (laughs) So I, yeah, I realized too, there's this virtuous cycle too. And this actually, ding, this is another insight. Man, I asked for maybe some insights and wasn't even attached. Here we go. We're only 16 minutes in and we've already got two insights. (laughs) The other insight I'm getting is how the love letter process, that, that year of love letters, was basically me offering appreciation for myself, right? Um, appreciation for 
the way I was showing up or for the way I was dealing with the emotions that were coming up or the way that I was taking time to rest or whatever it was. And in appreciating myself and those qualities that I, that I valued, I was also encouraging myself to do that more. It became a virtuous cycle. And I see too how even when I was acknowledging the things that might be harder or heavier, like, oh, you're having a hard day and I love you. I love you even when you're mad. I love you even when you're sad. I love you no matter what. That created this like beautiful, smooth, soothing environment where things that we could kind of get stuck on or loop on became just like soothed and smoothed over and, and tended to in a way and this even circles back to some of the early episodes where I talked about parts work and all these ways to tend to those, those parts that might want to keep us stuck in an uncomfortable place. It's like, oh, how to tend to that so you can feel whole, feel like all of you is on board and you can move forward with love. There's, there's no self-aggression in it. There might be fierceness and self-honesty and directness of, hey, that's not okay. We're not doing that. No, but there can also be such deep love in that. It can be like a profound love that's carrying all of you forward. So I'm realizing that there is actually a way that the love letters positively encouraged me to notice things that I appreciated more and to pursue those things that felt so good. Being present, appreciating the flowers, noticing the birds chirping, all of that. So those are just the, my tiny notes and then me reflecting on them here um, as I wrote down all the titles from all these first nine episodes. And so I just want to read the titles to you now. So number one was the origin story, Love Signals Origin Story. Number two was A Year of Love Letters or Self-Love Letters, I believe. My notes aren't perfect. <laughs> Bear with me. Episode three was Receiving the Love You Give. Episode four, honoring all our parts. Episode five, self-honesty and self-love. Episode six, beams of love. Episode seven, mirror work and more. Episode eight, birthday love signals. And episode nine, remembering we can choose. Hmm. And I shared the following books with you all. Uh, Everything is here to help you. And whatever arises, love that, both by Matt Kahn. The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck. Love Your Body or Heal Your Body, actually, I think is what it's called. And Mirror Work by Louise Hay. I also mentioned Tapping, which is a modality, and The Tapping Solution, which is the company I worked for as their app content management and creation person. I also mentioned Mind Valley and Vishen Lakiani, who's the founder of Mind Valley, which is a great online platform for learning so many things about self-development. I also talked about five elements theory. Uh, we just touched on this briefly when we were talking, I think it was in honoring all our parts. I'm not sure though, where we talked about the relationship between the earth element and the water element and how earth can help to hold the water element. And so you can get the wisdom without going too deep into any frozenness or fear. We also talked about Byron Katie, who's a wonderful teacher and it's possible I even talked about her book. I have her book. I want to spend more time with her book. 
Another list. Here's some questions that have been asked. What does love signals mean? That's an ongoing question. What happens when we go deeper into self-love practices? That was part of the premise of the year-long daily love letter. I wanted to know what happens when I go even deeper. I've spent time cultivating self-love, cultivating self-acceptance, but what happens if I spend time thinking about it, focusing on it every day, and I go even deeper? We also explored how to make self-love practical. It's such a beautiful idea, but it can feel so vague and lofty. Yeah, yeah, I should love myself. But what does that mean? And honestly, I'm still kind of figuring out what that does mean. I think that something I learned in that year and something I'm continuing to learn is that self-love feels really intertwined with trust, with trusting life, with trusting myself, with trusting God or the divine. I feel like Self-love feels like this relaxing, this allowing, and this loving of life, loving of the unfolding of all of it. And so feels good. It feels good to trust life. It feels good to trust myself in my relationship to life. We also asked, what do you most need to hear? This was from um, receiving the love you give, I believe. It's possible I might have mentioned it in the second episode, which was a year of love letters. But I think that this is so profound. I think that so many of us spend so much time searching outside of ourselves for the love that we can give ourselves. Byron Katie has this phrase that became the title of one of her books, I need your love. Is that true? And I think this is such a powerful question because... There's so many layers to it, right? Um, I do think that on a certain level, we all need love. But who's to say that we can't be the ones who give ourselves that love? And moreover, who says we can't be the ones who allow ourselves to connect with the feeling of love? Because that's really, this isn't like an, a self-important, self-involved self-love. This That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about making yourself feel special or important because you're superior to anybody or anything like that. This self-love and the love that I'm describing, to me, it's an energy that's everywhere, that exists everywhere that we can forget or we can block out or become disconnected from. And so really the love letter project was just me consciously choosing to remember to feel that energy and to open up to that energy to remembering that it's all around me all the time. It's, it's in me, it's everywhere. And so often I really do think that love is a word that I'm using for God or for the divine, or if you have a preferred word there, go for it. <laughs> but I'll use the word God here. I really do feel like I'm talking about God because I'm talking about this energy this source of aliveness and goodwill that is flowing through everything. And so this idea of, do I need your love? It's like, well, this idea that the love we need is somehow tucked away in somebody else and they have to give it to us. They have to unlock it for us to feel that. 
to me is basically another form of forgetting that love is all around us and that God is all around us and that we can have a direct relationship with that love and with that God. And so saying what you most need to hear is an extension of that because basically I feel like if you're saying what you most need to hear, you're offering yourself the love that exists out there already. It's like the matrix. It's like, it's out there. The code's out there. You just may not see it. You may not perceive it, but by exploring and playing with this all, that was a weird way to say that by exploring and playing with all of this, (laughs) you can start to almost tap into the signals of love that are already here and just let them soak into your conscious mind. You know, for having these powerful brains, we sure are good at blocking things out. That's actually part of what our brain does. It's, it's, it's a helpful thing. You know, some people, they lose that filter. They can't filter out, you know, the sound of an AC or the ticking of, you know, the blinker on their car. They hear it all at once and it's overwhelming. It's a good thing that we can filter our focus so that we can pay attention to what's most important. And sometimes that filter, if we aren't conscious about what we're filtering in and filtering out, it can filter out things that we want to know, things that we want to feel, truths that are here now. I'm getting really, I'm getting really passionate here, getting really strong. I feel it. <laughs> so as always, take it or leave it, any of this. But I, that's what I feel to be true. I really do feel that love is all around us. God is all around us. And we can choose to consciously cultivate and open our filter to notice that and to feel that, to feel that support to feel that energy, that encouragement. So saying what you most need to hear, in my mind, it's almost like, it's not even that you're saying it, it's that you're opening yourself up to hearing what you most need to hear because it's already there. It's already, if you, if it occurs to you that that's what you want to hear, it's already here. It's ready to be said. It's ready to be felt by you. So that was a fun tangent. (laughs) Some other questions that we asked were, how receptive are you to love? Now that is definitely from receiving the love you give because that was in the episode where we really explored like, oh, is it easier to receive love? Is it easier to give love? I have a bias that most people are better giving love than receiving love, but you know, I'm sure there's variety out there. I can't wait to interview guests and ask them that question. But once again, it ties into what I was saying before about the filter. Like, are you filtering out? Are you, are you resisting or blocking the flow of love, the, the, the shining radiance, the beams of love, which is a later episode that are present? I really do believe all around us. That's my experience. Okay, so another question we asked was, how can we honor all of our parts? This comes from episode four, honoring all of our parts. And I don't really think I need to say that much more about this one, but I love the idea of being very generous with our love, with ourselves, and letting love be unconditional. I think basically this idea of honoring all of our parts is a wonderful way to explore unconditional love. Right? It's not that you love the parts of yourself that are 
and you only love the parts of yourself that are easy to love. But what if you extend that love to the parts of you that feel harder to love? And what if that love is accompanied with curiosity that's so keen, so gentle, so strong that it helps that part that maybe on the surface is harsh or mean or scared or whatever. And as you pay attention to it, as you love it, you're able to get closer and closer to it and unveil the deeper truth inside, which is that maybe it's, it's a, it's a tender part that's hurt, or maybe it's part that has a really clear message that just doesn't feel listened to. And so it got really angry, right? So this, I love, I love parts work. If that doesn't come through in that episode, let me say it here. I love parts work because I think, and maybe this is partly because of my temperament. I think that I have such a, an alive mind, so many different thoughts in my head and so many different perspectives that I can consider. So it can feel like there's lots of parts kind of living here and, oh, part of me feels this way, part of me feels that way, part of me feels that way. To give space for all of that to exist and and for none of it to be demonized or shunned, but for all of it to be welcomed in, embraced with love and curiosity, feels so incredibly soothing and so incredibly healthy to me. I, I want all of me to be on board. I want all of me to be on the same page because it's like, it's like, then I have a whole big, beautiful team that can move forward towards the things that I really care about. So honoring all of our parts, how can we honor all of our parts? There's lots of ways. And that episode's a really great answer for that. And I'm curious too, if you all have any insights into that, how, how have you honored all of the parts of yourself, especially when they're conflicting? What does that look like? How does that feel? Mm. So many questions. I I continue to have questions. <laughs> I will probably forever have questions. <laughs> okay, another question. What if being honest with ourselves is an act of love? So this comes from um, self-honesty and self-love. I love this question because I think sometimes the version of love and self-love that's talked about in our kind of pop culture is a self-love that kind of smoothes. Wow. That's a word. Smoothes. It's not smoothies. It's smoothes. <laughs> it's, it's a version of self-love that smooths the edges of things or even kind of minimizes the edges of things that might be painful rather than really facing the truth. And I think that the more we can be honest with ourselves, the more room there is for love to shine. It, it ties into parts work because I think so often when we kind of, um, gloss over, that's maybe a better thing than smoothing. Cause I do like smoothing. It's like smoothing down the fur on a kitty cat. It's like, mm, it's so nice. I feel like kitty cats like that. When you like smooth their fur down, they're like, mm. so gloss over, right. To gloss over parts of us that don't feel good about something and to, and to just be like, no, no, I'm, totally fine with this. I feel great about it because I love myself and I accept myself and there's nothing wrong. And sometimes that can almost be a form of self-aggression, right? It, it can be, you can be blocking out. You can, you can be denying the truth that, you know what, honestly, part of me is bummed. Part of me is disappointed. Part of me is angry. Part of me feels ashamed. Part of me feels whatever. 
right? And so the more we can be honest with ourselves, I actually think the more that we can be deeply human and deeply whole. Love wants to love all of us. It's, it's unconditional, right? So self-honesty, it's like, I really think of honesty being really tied to light and truth as being tied to light, like honesty and self-honesty is a way of shining light on the truth, letting light shine on what's already there. And so it's like the light shines and the love can shine. It's just the whole, it's just a whole beautiful festival <laughs> and it can be uncomfortable. I, of the many books I'm reading right now, I'm probably reading like five books right now, but one is an audiobook, Manifesting Your Greatest Self by Nick Ortner, and uh, which you can listen to in the app, which is great, <laughs> the Tapping Solution app. Um, chapter four is about the truth, you know, and, and accepting the truth or acknowledging the truth or something like that. And he's really talking about how so many of us, we don't really want to. We just want to skip to the part where we talk about what we want and we talk about... Um, you know, the affirmations. And I think that's true. Also, my experience with being a coach is that a lot of people actually have trouble. They have trouble either fully acknowledging what's really happening right now. What am I trying to say? A lot of people struggle to say, here's what's happening and here's what I'd like to move towards. So many people, they frame it more as a complaint of like, oh, well, it's not this and it's not that and it's not that, it's not this. So I think there are ways that maybe we're good at complaining, but that's different than just being honest, just being deeply honest and letting that honesty and truth shine forth. There's so much you can do with honesty and truth because in a way it's a bit more grounded in, um, in things that you can act on and in, in choices you can make in perspectives you can reevaluate. So that's fun to think about. I, yeah. And I think that, you know, when I reflect on that year long love letter project, I do think at different points in time, the letters helped me feel brave and bold to be even more honest with myself. My whole journey with journaling has, whoa, our journey and journaling, words that are related, I'm just having a moment here, totally seems like they have the same root. I guess a journal might have been to document a journey. I really want to look this up now. I will circle back about that for you all. Is a journal a document of a journey? Because there's diary and then there's journal. I've always wondered, what's the difference? <laughs> anyway, my journey with journaling <laughs> has been one of becoming braver and more willing to be honest with myself. I think, you know, it started with just being willing to write things down but maybe I'd soften them and, and it was more of a reflection of just how I perceived it. And then as time went on, I, I could, it's interesting because I can even read old journals now and I can read what I was saying, but I can remember how I felt and I can see how I was just trying to soothe myself. No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, it's not this, it's not that everything's fine. When really I was like, it's not fine. I'm really upset. <laughs> and then as time has gone on even further, now my journals reflect more like, it doesn't feel like things are fine or whatever it might be in the situation. And honestly, it feels so good to just let the truth out, just air out the closet, just be honest with myself. And I'm so glad that that's becoming 
more and more available to me as time goes on. Here I am, 31. Ooh, 31. That's fun to say. I can't wait to see how robust my self-honesty is as I continue in my life. So, okay, another question, two more. <laughs> what happens when our innermost self is met with love? So this comes more from uh, Beams of Love. And, oh, I feel like the whole love letter project, year-long project was basically me exploring that. Yeah, what happens when my innermost self is met with love? And this ties into the self-honesty, right? There is no innermost self to be met with love when you're glossing over the innermost feelings, the innermost truths. So part of the gift of being honest is that then you can bring those, those parts of you out into the light where they can bask in the warm glow of love. And that is, it's so profound. I mean, whether that love is from God, whether that love is from somebody who deeply cares about you, like a friend or a lover or a family member, or whether that love is you shining it on yourself or, or even an animal. Oh my gosh. Animals can be such beams of love. Let's be clear. They are beams of love. They're just little, they're just little squishy love beams. It's, it's great. I don't have any animals, but I've been around lots of animals and I, I love them and I feel their love. So another question. What if coming home to our hearts feels good and anything else, anything less than that good feeling means we're simply disconnected from our hearts. So this comes more from a, you know, some of my recent podcast episodes, like number nine, remembering we can choose. And it ties into Byron Katie's work because so often she asks, you know, who would you be without that thought? And so often when you're deep in that inquiry process and you're asking yourself, who would you be without the thought? The thought is usually a judgment that you've identified you have of somebody else. It could be of yourself, but early on you're focusing more on your judgments of others. And oh my gosh, in that space of like meditation and inquiry, when you ask yourself, who would I be without the thought? There's this feeling that's so yummy that maybe it takes on different flavors like peace or joy or carefree or whatever but every time i've sat with that it feels like i'm coming home like i feel my whole body again i feel really at ease and i just feel happy like oh my gosh everything's okay there's such strength in that it's like all the resources that are here in my mind and my heart and my body come online again because i'm i'm fully present in myself, in my heart. And so this question of what if coming home to our hearts feels good and anything else, anything less than that means we're disconnected from our hearts. To me, that's such a cool, a cool way to think about it because then anytime we're feeling funky, it's an invitation to come back. Hey, maybe I'm disconnected from my heart right now. How could I reconnect? And maybe you reconnect by putting your hand on your heart, giving yourself a hug, taking a deep breath. <laughs> I saw a really great movie last week with my mom and my boyfriend, Dylan. It's one I really want to see with the last showing of it. This is such a fun tangent. Get ready, you guys. It was called The Lost City of D with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum. Uh, 
the guy who was Harry Potter. I'm really, I'm so sorry. Radcliffe, something Radcliffe. Um, and there's this, the sweetest thing. Channing Tatum's character will say, hey, do you smell that? When Sandra Bullock's character is kind of freaking out. She's like, what? No, what? And she starts, and he's like, no. And she's like, I don't smell anything. She's like, smell deeper. Smell a little stronger. Smell a little deeper. And she'll, and he's like, that's right. Breathe. Just take a deep breath. So rather than telling her, take a deep breath, <laughs> he asks her, do you smell that? Which I think is so brilliant because it can be not the most fun to have somebody tell you to just breathe. You know, it can be like somebody saying, you're freaking out and I need you to calm down. So I love that that movie gave such a great idea, an example of how to basically break somebody out of their trance of being upset about whatever it is, distract them and make them think, Oh my gosh, is there something to smell? Is there some weird smell? Do you smell it? Do you smell popcorn right now? No. And then next thing you know, they're breathing deeply. Oh, they're yawning like I am right now. Why was I talking about that? Oh, because it's a delightful movie. I highly recommend it. I think it's streaming on any platform that you could imagine. <laughs> um, connecting with our hearts again, right? There's many ways to reconnect. Maybe it's a letter. Maybe it's practices. Maybe it's getting present. Maybe it's smelling a flower. Maybe it's taking a deep breath. <laughs> so those are the questions that I wanted to highlight that we've asked in these last nine episodes. And with that, I'd like to read you some love letters. Okay, before we move on to announcements and some feedback. So <laughs> this is fun because it's one of the uh, makeup love letters I did. So often these were short or I'd even do like little haikus, which is that type of poem where the first line is five syllables, the second is seven syllables, and the third line is five syllables, and that's it. So I'll share you a few. From June 28th, 2020, 2020, yes. Which is fun, because I'm recording this on June 28th, 2022. Okay. Dear Michaela, did you know that you have over 30 distinct laughs? I can't wait to spend time memorizing every single one. Love, Michaela. <laughs> so that was the makeup one from uh, the Saturday that I had forgotten. And then here's another makeup one. This is a haiku. Hands rest on breezes. Your eyes soft, open, and content. The dragonflies dance. That's a really fun one because the porch that I used to sit on in Boulder, Colorado, on Pine Street. There was this time, I remember now from reading this, where all these dragonflies, like, oh my gosh, so many, were just dancing and hovering over the kind of gently sloping garden that led down to this wall, that led down to like the sidewalk below where people would pass by. And so here's the slightly longer letter uh, for that day. This was from July 1st, 2020. Dear Michaela, in the quiet between bird chirps and car wheels and footsteps of the passerby, I feel your heart and feel my love so alive for you, you, you. I love you and everything you are and will become. Love, Michaela. How fun is that? Oh my gosh. So one from July 1st, one from June 28th. Such fun things here. So I'm just going to close up that journal. 
Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see what else we get to do on this podcast. And oh, so, okay. Announcements, announcements, wrapping it up here. Here we go. Love Signals is officially going to be launching its YouTube channel. I don't have an exact date yet. It really just depends on me getting, getting down to business. Um, eventually I plan to do videos of, so you can see me and see all my quirky hand gestures and facial expressions. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, these first 10 and more, it's probably gonna be like the first 20 or so episodes that will just be, um, you know, just with like a still image because I just want to get it up there. I just want to, I want to have love signals on YouTube. It's a great way for more people to find out about this. And, um, if you guys love YouTube, come find me over there in the future. I'll announce once it's live and all of that, but, um, that's going to be exciting. So also if YouTube is your preferred way to, you know, watch podcasts or listen to things, that could be a great way to tune in. So there's that. Um, the other thing is, what else? I feel like there are other announcements. Mm. I, this is more just an idea. I want to say out loud. That's kind of an announcement. I love doing guided meditations, guided visualizations, guided meditations, tapping meditations. I love going into that kind of quiet place and guiding someone through that. I think part of that's probably because of, um, being a yoga teacher in high school. Well, not in high school. What am I saying? In college, I trained to be a yoga teacher. I took a lot of yoga in high school. Anyway, so that's something I'm exploring too. And that those would probably be on YouTube as well. So if you have any thoughts about those or have any requests or ideas, feel free to write into love signals podcast at gmail.com. That's the email address for this podcast, love signals podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, okay. So to wrap up number three, we covered number one, reviewing all the episodes. We covered number two, some updates and announcements. And now for number three, some feedback. I wanted to let you all know about some of the feedback I received. I've heard from a few people. They're close. They're close to me, basically family, family and friends who have been listening to the podcast. And what stands out to me about the reflections I've received is that, ah, and it's so beautiful to me because I really hear in people's voices how how much they feel inspired, how much they feel like alive and, and excited and filled with love. I feel like, oh, this podcast, every time I record a podcast, I take a moment to connect with how I want you all to feel when you listen to this. I really want to set a strong intention. It's part of creating a container, which I know I talked about in one of the episodes, but creating a container by connecting with intention. I set an intention for how, how do I want this to be received? What, what is the intention for the feeling, the energy that I'm putting out there with everything I share? And I actually have a little note here in my book, um, from the last few episodes of, I want people to feel loved, hopeful, delighted, and open as they listen to this podcast. And I gotta say, I really feel like that's what I've heard from people is just like this delight and an excitement and like, there's just so much enjoyment and, uh, brings so much joy to my heart to know that this is landing that way for you all. And I'm sure 
as this gets bigger and bigger and bigger, probably one day there will be people who don't like it. And that's okay. That's really okay. Not everybody has to like it. But the people who are here and who do like it and who do feel joy from this, that means so much to me. And it's just so nice to be adding to the joy in the world, adding to the delight, adding to the love, the curiosity. So I think we did it episode 10. I feel very good about this. I, I know I ding mark ding ding two insights from today's episode. I'm honestly going to have to listen to it back because I feel like there are probably more, <laughs> but thank you all for being here with me for being on this journey. There's so much love here for you. I really feel that that comes from Abraham Hicks, but man, just feels like a deep truth that I want to, I want to say to you every time. There's so much love here for you. May you continue to notice it more and more. And I'll see you next time.